Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Sailing the East podcast. I'm Bala Musitz. Today's show is going to be a little bit different. Normally, Mike and I co-host the show and we discuss a sailing destination, maybe a passage, and even discuss some equipment every now and then. But today, we're going to have a guest on the show. And our guest is Ryan Miller. He's a yacht broker. And we're going to talk about why you should use a buyer's broker when you're buying a boat. Ryan represented me in my recent purchase of our sailboat. Ryan, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit about Latitude Yacht Brokerage Services. Absolutely. Uh, Started Latitude in 2009. So we're in our uh, 11th going on 12th year, I believe, and was a broker for a few years before that uh, as uh, selling new boats and decided I wanted to open up a brokerage firm and focused on, on used boat inventory and helping buyers and sellers. And, uh, we've been, we've been doing great and it's, uh, the team's really grown. We have, I believe uh, there's eight of us now and, uh, we have typically 60 or 80 boats in, in inventory throughout, uh, New England. Uh, we have an office in New York and, uh, presence in Boston and also Florida and, and otherwise we're very, very uh, uh, focused in the Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts area. Um, but we are Florida licensed and bonded and, and do a lot of transactions down in Florida in the, in the winter months when, when it makes sense to head south to yeah. find good inventory. Yeah. So your, your, your headquarters, I'll call it, is located in Newport, Rhode Island. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Actually, we're, we're right over the bridge um, in Jamestown, right where the Newport and Jamestown ferry land on the Jamestown shores. We have an office right there next to the Harbor Master's office. Oh, very nice. So uh, today I wanted to kind of focus on uh, buying a boat and, and the services that you provide. You provided like for me uh, when we purchased our boat. And then maybe at some future time uh, we can we can do another podcast about selling a boat and, and sort of uh, how that process works and the services you provide there. So when it comes to buying a boat, uh, I think almost everybody knows about the various different websites where boats are listed. Um, and is that a good place for, for prospective buyers to start? It absolutely is. Um, you know, the, 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 the job as a broker working with a buyer has definitely changed over the years, even since I started started in, in this career. You know, you used to drive through boat yards and look for for sale by owner signs and uh, look at, you know, up here in New England, we have Soundings Magazine, and it was always, you know, combing the classifieds, classified ads to try to find inventory. And as brokers, we were very um, active communicating back and forth with what our central listings are um, from office to office of different brokers so that everyone knew what boats were available. But nowadays, 
just like in real estate, uh, everything is on Realtor.com and Zillow. In in the marine world, everything's on Yacht World and Boat Trader. Primarily, are going to be our the main main places you're going to want to go look. Uh, and there are a lot of other sites out there, a lot of a lot of other MLSs. But in general, the other sites are duplicate listings off of what's on Boat Trader or Yacht World. And sometimes you will find that the inventory is not as updated. The, the boats, the boats are their ghost listings or their their boats that sold a while ago. Um, so to get the most, I think, uh, up to date inventory snapshot, it, it would be to use yachtworld.com or yeah. boattrader.com. So when, when I work with a buyer's broker, like I did with you, you have access to all of the boats that are listed on all any of those sites. And, and you can help me find out about any of those boats and purchase one of those boats, not just your listings. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. No, most of the time when I'm working with a buyer, the, the, it won't be a boat that my company has listed. Uh, it's, it's, it's just like real estate where you're, you're going out there, you find an agent that you want to work with, that you, that you connect with, uh, and, and then that agent goes on your behalf and, and, and searches for, for a boat to, to, for you. Yes. Um, you know, I will say the, there is a lot of fun in just as a buyer doing the shopping yourself too, you know, late at night or early in the morning, you know, uh, perusing Yacht World and that's fine. I, I, uh, and we're okay with that. I, I client over the weekend, shoot me a few listings that he saw that were of interest to him. And then I kind of took over from there and contacted the listing agent and figured out what, you know, what else I could learn about the boat that's not online. Yeah. So let, let's say you're sitting in your office and the phone rings. And uh, the person on the other end says, hi, I'm Bela. I'm looking to buy a sailboat. So take me through your process for, for getting from that call to, you know, sort of moving it along. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it, just from doing this for so long, it can, I can, you know, try to help a buyer decide what they want and, you know, just look at their, the things that are on their to-do list, what their cruise, where they intend to cruise, what type of cruising, you know, is it a family, a couple, you know, do they want to do offshore, live aboard, power or sail, kind of weigh all those options. And just by listening to what the customer intends, I can help try to steer, you know, and and kind of come up with a, a you know, a wide range of boats that would, that would kind of be a good fit. And then we typically from there, I'd send off some examples of different boats that are available. And then that way they can look online and, and, then you start getting into not just the purpose, but also the aesthetics. Uh, what, you know, we don't like the dark wood or we, we want this or we want that. We love the colored hull or we want a white hull. And then we kind of go through the process and narrow it down all, all pretty much either, you know, sitting in the office or nowadays it's all remote. Uh, and then really at that point, then narrow down the list to a few prospective boats and then go look at them in person. Yeah. And that's important. You have to, you have to get on the boat. Um, but to kind of, it's very overwhelming what's online. So we try to narrow it down first beforehand. Yes. I, I, I recall that was very helpful when you and I uh, were, were working on getting a boat for us is this notion of helping me think through how we're going to use the boat, what we're going to use it for, what are the features that we wanted on a boat that work for Lane and I, um, versus, you know, different types of uses take you down different paths. Right, right. 
And and do you uh do you find that people sort of have a dream for what they want, and then after spending some time thinking about it and talking about it, uh, and you sort of coaching them through that 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 they that that change not that not that the dream changes, but they come to a realization they're not sailing around the world, they're not going to live on the boat full time, and it's basically doing coastal cruising up and down the bay or hopping along the coast someplace. It, uh, it does change a lot. And, and one way it changes is, is budget. And uh, one thing with, with boating that's tough is it's, it is expensive. And the purchase price of the boat is just the beginning. And a lot of times, uh, you know, like, uh, buyers come to me where so much of their budget is into that purchase. And a lot of times it's, you know, kind of educating into some of the yearly expenses and, and practicalities of it and then adjusting accordingly. And sometimes, you know, a lot of it's also just the size of the boat. You know, it's just, you know, might be too big to operate just, just two people or single handed. And, you know, so, yeah, it, it does uh, it does change from that initial phone call a, a lot of times. Yeah. And, sure. and I think that's one of the real values of having a buyer's broker is someone with your vast experience can help us sort through all of that stuff and, and point things out that I've never thought about. Right. Right. And you know, I, I, I think years ago, a broker was a lot more helpful as a buyer's agent with the finding the boat. Now with everything online, I will say what you're looking at on your computer screen and what I'm looking at is usually the same thing. We, we, we will have a chance of getting insight of some listings before they go live. But for the most part where you're, what you're seeing is what I'm seeing. So it's, it's not so much the finding the boat for you. It's the helping you digest all the information and, and sort through them and, and make an educated decision. Yeah. yeah. So let's and, say, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to no, cut no, you no, off. Go ahead. Let's say we have a short list of five or six boats that together we've decided we want to go look at. So take me through how that works. Sure. And that's, that's really, from my perspective, when the job really starts for me, it's, it's, uh, it's going through the process of selecting the boat. And then when, once you select the boat, going through the, the offer and inspection process, that's really the, the, the most important. So, you know, for the most part, most listings are, fairly accurate online. There's some that are, are not and the photos aren't, aren't up to date or the listing doesn't have a lot of details, but you know, I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a credit Marine surveyor, but you know, I, I can know what I'm looking at. And when we go look at the boats, I can point out a lot of the, the good, the good and the bad. And you really just need to see them in, in person to be able to judge them. Um, so that, you know, we go look at some boats and we can, I can kind of, say which one's a good one, which one we should consider going after. And then really that's when it gets started. And uh, at that point, um, we have access to proprietary industry sold boat data. So I would you know, advise my client on what a good offer would be. Uh, and then you know, draft up the purchase and sales agreement and represent them through that process, negotiating on their behalf, like, like in real estate. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I found I found many similarities between buying a home and a house, a condo, whatever, maybe doing a real estate transaction and buying a boat. There were there were significant similarities in the process. There is. It's a lot more like buying a house than it is like buying a car or something yes. else. Yes. Yeah. Now I do remember when when we went uh around looking at boats together, um, I found it very helpful because you pointed things out that I didn't see 
or that, you know, were, were, I wasn't looking at, right. I was, I was focused on something else and you'd say, Hey, Bela, take a look at this. This is really nice. Or gee, this may be a problem. And it, and it really helped me sort of narrow down that list of five or six boats to one or two. Right. Right. And, and I think that's a great value and skill that, uh, again, a person like you can bring to the table. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is the, the survey process. Yes. So that, so there's, there's, there's a few things, you know, to kind of make it real brief that the few things survey, you know, broker does buyer's agent. One is, um, for putting in the offer, sorry, I'm skipping around a little bit, but I'm getting ahead of myself with survey. When you put in an offer, one of the biggest benefits of having a buyer's agent is the, when you put in the offer, it's standard 10% uh, refundable deposit that would be held in Latitude's escrow account versus if you go directly on to the ad and you contact the listing broker, it technically be in the, it'd be the seller's broker's escrow account. So having a little bit of separation there where the, the money's being held in escrow on our side of the table gives a little added protection for the buyer. Yes. Um, and then of course, you know, the deposits fully refundable for, you know, through your inspection process until you decide to accept the vessel and commit to it to, to close. Right. Um, so that, that's one of the biggest things the buyer's agent, uh, yeah. you know, financially offers. Yeah. And let me just, let me just interject here to be clear, uh, using a, a buyer's agent, uh, doesn't cost you any money. Right. I, I didn't I didn't pay you anything. It it was a, a, a free service. You get paid by the seller, in essence, right. just like right. in real estate. Right. right. And it, com- it comes out of the, the boat proceeds at closing. Um, so, yeah, no, there's um, there's no money due up front or, you know, and, and uh, uh, so, yes, yeah, I, we would be paid at closing and it would come out of the pro- boat proceeds. Yeah. yeah. So there's no no no. I see no reason not to use a, a buyer's broker. Right. Right. Yeah, no, the listing broker would, we, we typically would share the commission with the listing broker and they're going to take the commission anyway. So there's no, there's, there's no added cost. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So after we have a, 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 so we use a standard sale and purchase agreement, you help negotiate that price. The escrow is held in, in your account. Uh, and until we sort of hundred percent commit to that purchase, that escrow is refundable, that deposit is refundable. Uh, and then what happens after that? Then we typically went to survey, if I remember correctly. Right. So we're members of the Yacht Brokers Association of America, and we use their standard uh, purchase and sales agreement and all, all their agreements and uh, paperwork. And it's it's great stuff. It's been refined for the past 20 some odd years. Every year by a team of Admiralty lawyers, they they update it, um, you know, make sure it's current with, you know, individual state laws. Um, and it's a very buyer-friendly agreement. It's it, it it allows you to secure the boat so no other buyers, you know, the seller can't entertain other offers. Um, but it also allows you the time to do your due diligence to see if it's you know something you want to commit to. So it's it's a very buyer-friendly agreement um, and very fair for the buyer, the seller, the brokers. It's 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 you know it's been vetted a lot over the years. So so yeah. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, but yes, once we're under agreement, then it's to go to survey process. Um, and uh, depending on where the boat is and what the type of boat is, I uh, typically I don't in an effort to to be neutral, I, I will never recommend just one surveyor, but I would try to make sure that 
that you, the buyer, are connected with the right surveyors in the area. You know, up here in New England, it's a lot of SAMS surveyors, the Society of Accredited Marine Surveyors, and there's multiple, and there's a you know directory where you can select an interview. Um, and if it's down in Florida, it's NAMS, the National Association of Marine Surveyors. There's a lot more NAMS surveyors down there. So kind of help point you in the right direction in selecting a surveyor and interviewing that surveyor. Uh, and then, then it gets to the logistics of actually, you know, planning the survey day. So it's the, it's the short haul, or if it's out, if it's out of the water, it's the launching it to putting it in, coordinating with the captain, the boat owner, the marina, the surveyor, the buyers, everyone schedules as a broker, I kind of help to facilitate and make that all happen. Uh, and then when it comes to time to the day of survey, uh, for for sellers, a lot of times my job would be to protect the asset, to protect the boat, to make sure no one no one hurts it. And I I'm always kind of keeping an eye out for that. But for buyers, it's really to kind of audit the day and make sure the surveyor is doing what he's supposed to be doing and looking at, at at everything. And then also just maintaining the schedule, making sure everyone's staying on track, that we don't miss our window for short haul. Or sometimes there's tides, or you know, there's lots of moving parts on that on that survey day. Um, so it just helped to guide guide it all through. Yeah, I, I remember how how complex that was, and I was I was really happy I wasn't the one uh, coordinating that and juggling yeah. all those things to make it happen on a particular day, you know, et cetera. Yeah, it's it's a lot when you have to deal with the you know the yard uh, the yard different yards and their either their constraints. A lot of times they want to haul the boat over the lunch break so it's not taking up travel of time so there's a lot of those yeah moving parts that i try to assist with for sure yeah and then uh, let's say the survey comes back uh it has uh, a couple of issues maybe maybe nothing major we decide we want to go forward with the boat purchase uh and then what typically happens after that well, after survey, once we get the, you know, I'm, I'm also there with the buyers, you know, you know, it's very important for a buyer to be there on the day of survey because that survey report is very overwhelming. It's typically 25 pages long with three or four pages worth of findings and suggestions um, where those can be overwhelming, but being there in person and actually seeing it and, and uh, being there with the surveyor so the surveyor can point out the issues as they find them is important too. Because once, once they're on a piece of paper, it's hard to digest that information. And, and you'll have one bullet point will be a light bulb out, and you're talking about a $2 part. And the next bullet is a lot more important bullet. And kind of being able to weigh those things and then digest all that information and go through the survey with the buyer is something I, I typically help with after, after the survey. Yeah, excellent. And uh, then I remember we did some negotiating. Uh, on price, yes. some back and forth, and you were you were instrumental in that and in guiding uh, guiding all the emotions that uh, are now at a at a at a feverish pace by now. Yep, it's you know not all things on a survey report are are you know really acceptable to renegotiate. Um, you know, boats are sold as is, where is, and and it is a used boat, and it's not perfect. Um, it's not supposed to be, but but there's also some, you know, unspoken, unwritten expectations of, you know, operation and safety that really are, I think most sellers would agree that, you know, there's some fair expectations and, yeah. and we'd want to negotiate to try to, you know, either, either have those issues addressed or, or reduce the price to, to, to address them. Yeah. I, I remember the principle that, that 
you spoke to me about was this notion of, you know, if things were disclosed in the listing as, as not working or, you know, worn or not there, then that's fine. It's, it's the hidden things that maybe you found that were a surprise, like, oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, um, those right. are the those are the ones that that potentially give you an opportunity to to maybe renegotiate something. It, it does, yeah. If there's something in the inventory and they're advertising that it has it, well, if it's not working, it should be, um, yeah. and that's that's a chance to 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 address it. One thing I would just caution buyers to do is is um, try to have the price reduced versus having the seller address the issue because. You're, although it's sometimes easier to have them address it. Um, and there's some things it does make sense to have done before closing just because of potential logistics or, or safety. Um, but at the end of the day, you want, you want to be supervising that repair and you want your contractors that are, that you're going to hold accountable, um, to do that repair so you can supervise it and have it done the way you want it done versus it potentially not being done to, you know, uh, to, to your level of expectations by the seller. And that's where things can get complicated. So it's best to just, um, you know, agree on a reduced price and then take care. Yeah. I think, I, I think you, uh, cut out there. So the last thing I heard was it's best to uh, negotiate a Oh, it's best to negotiate the price and then you as the buyer take care of those issues after closing. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I, I remember that. And that was the path we went down. And, and, and for yeah. us, that, that worked very, very well. And then I also remember, uh, you know, you helped with the sort of documentation and the title and the making sure there's no liens on the boat. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on and it was a lot of moving parts. And and I didn't have to, I just sort of, you helped me through all of that and did most of the work. Right. So that's, that's kind of that last important piece after the, you know, there's the, the helping to buy and negotiation and the holding the deposit and then the survey process. It's its own, own thing that we just talked about. And then the last is really is the, the buying of the boat, the closing of the boat. Um, it's uh, a lot of times if it's a Coast Guard document boat, we work with a, a documentation service. Um, you know, one of the biggest things, as you said, was is doing a uh, ab, running the abstract of title with the U.S. Coast Guard. So, if a boat has, if the boat's Coast Guard documented, um, the Coast Guard is the only place to record a first preferred ship's mortgage. So, it's the only, it's the closest thing you can get to like a um, uh, what do you call it? A de, uh, uh, oh, when a you're title, buying a house, title search. Uh, title search. Thank you. Um, it's uh, title insurance, uh, right? No. Yep. Anyway. Uh, the is to run that abstract to title and that's going to show um the chain of ownership who's owned the boats and if there was liens and if those liens have been released and satisfied um and uh, so that because the liens follow the boat not the person so if there is a lien on the boat it, it becomes your responsibility once you own the boat to pay it which is uh, which is kind of crazy so um it's very important to find out if there is any liens um, and make sure that they're taken care of before closing and recorded. Um, and then, uh, you know, if the boat's not Coast Guard documented and it's it's titled in a state, it's uh, making sure on the title, that's where they kind of like a car where the, the bank would hold the title or, and record a lien on, on that actual piece of paper with the Coast Guard. It's, it's filed 
um, electronically. So there's no way to tell by the by the Coast Guard document if there's a lien or not. So you have to do that search. So that's very important. Um, the other thing to be mindful of is are hidden liens, and those are a little scary because there's there's always a chance that there is a lien on the boat that hasn't been that that lien holder hasn't come forward yet. And that's typically um, the hidden liens are workman's liens. So if, if there was a contractor that hasn't been paid, um, they can come after they can come after the boat, not the not the person, but the boat. Uh, and uh, the the safest way to to check for those is before closing is to call the boatyard that the boat's been stored at and to make sure that that boatyard has been paid up. Yeah, yeah, very good. So. Yeah. And and I, then I remember we we bought the boat, <laughs> and uh, and it was ours, which was a great day. yes yes yeah. yeah. And then it's you know of course yeah you know we we as a you know uh, as a broker our job is to make sure that you get you know the clear title on it and get the paperwork. So typically the seller signs the paperwork first, um, signs the boat over to you, and then we hold that paperwork in escrow, uh, and then uh, make sure that. You know, the seller receives funds, help you with the transfer, whether it's a if they're a bank or or um, or you know certified check or a wire or a, or a boat loan. Make sure the seller's paid, and then we release the paperwork. Yeah, yeah. So all in all, it was a wonderful process. Uh, so Ryan, let's talk. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, if I'm interested in in finding a seller's broker, what are some tips you can get me to to you know finding a good one. Sure, sure. Um, and before I get to that, one other oh, yeah, I, sure. I really thought of two, two other points. One, another thing we help with is is insurance and financing, um, helping buyers, you know, especially first time buyers, find the right insurance agent to be able to get, uh, you know, a reasonable policy. And then working with uh, marine lenders uh, for boat finance loans. Um, so that's a, a, another thing as part of the kind of the offer process is sometimes to get pre qualified. Um, and then after an, after a survey, making sure that you have insurance in place before you accept the boat. And yeah, close yeah, that's a good point. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you I'm yeah. glad you brought yeah. up the insurance uh, because that has gotten a little bit more complicated recently and a little more challenging, particularly for, for you know, sure. new buyers or inexperienced buyers if they're making a big move to a larger boat. It has, yes, it's gotten complicated for yeah. sure. So I'm glad you brought um, that up. So yeah, so, so how do we broker. how do we find a good uh, how do we find a good buyer's broker? Well, um, there's always there's always different forums online where there's you know you can you can see that people have made recommendations um, and you I I also highly recommend going on that company's you know Google or Yelp account and reading reviews and kind of vetting vetting the person that way, but it's pretty much all of my business is word of mouth. Most of the clients I've met is from you know a a, a, a you know, a connection from a previous client or, or someone that I know. Um, so, you know, that's, so I would ask around, you know, yep. uh, that's very important. Definitely would try to get someone local to you. So, uh, or local to, you know, kind of the, where, where you think you'll be boating or where that, where the inventory of boats are. It's one of the reasons why I opened up latitude in Newport is because of the, the concentrations of good, of good inventory here. Um, so we have buyers come from all over the country um, and and the world, but right now with with, yes. with COVID, it's been you know a little bit more local. But uh, um, so that's one thing is is definitely you know do the, do your homework, read the reviews, 
um, ask around, ask the, you know, if you, if, if you have a local boatyard that you think you're going to keep the boat at that's down the street, or if there's, if you're in that type of situation, you can ask the Marina who they'd recommend, you know, our relationship with boatyards in New England is very important. So we, we know the different service managers and yard managers, um, and they send us their, their clients, uh, all the time. Um, Another thing is is to kind of if you have an, a general a general idea of the type of boat you want, um, then would be to try to find a broker that would be appropriate for that that type of boat, um, whether it's a sport fishing boat or a sailboat. You know, to to speak with those the brokers that have that inventory. Got it. So so are you saying that sometimes the their inventory that you can find on their website may be reflective of the types of boats that may be, I won't use the word specialized, but they tend to have more of and maybe more knowledge of. More knowledge of, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, now, is there uh, various different certifications or licenses that brokers have? Is that another uh, way to sort through this? Uh, there, there is, yes. Um, so uh, the, the only two states that require a broker be licensed are California and Florida. So we are licensed and bonded in Florida. Um, not California, but uh, the other states uh, have not gotten that that restrictive yet. Um, but the Nash, the, the Yaba there, our National Association, I think, has responded well to that lack of oversight on individual state levels and has helped bo- you know bolster the you know the profession. Um, and uh, uh, so we're a member of Yaba. So I, I'd recommend you you find a broker that's a member of Yaba, and even more important, a broker that is a certified professional yacht broker. So uh, and that's a uh, there's a, a test and to take, and also recertification credits to maintain a, uh, a you know your license, your quote unquote license. But uh, so I'm I am a, um, a member of the CPYB program, the Certified Professional Yacht Broker program, and our uh, our company is a certified professionally endorsed brokerage house. So all of our brokers are uh, CPYB. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's something to look for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, for when you're in the state of Florida, it's definitely more making sure that they're licensed. If you're outside of Florida, it's, it's more about, you know, um, you know, find, finding CPYB. Yeah. Broker. yeah. So one other uh, thing I thought of while, we're, while we were talking about this uh, is uh, let, let's say as again, a buyer's broker, let's say, you know, you're in Newport, and let's say the boat that I find or we find together is in Portland, Oregon. Uh, how does that, how do you help me with that process? Right. Cause that's a little sure, bit different. Sure. I actually just went through a survey with a boat in, um, it was in, it was in Washington state. Um, and it was, uh, Oh, I can't remember the name of the Island, but it was a really remote Island where the surveyor had to take a ferry and sleep overnight to, Speaking wow. of survey restraints, um, the surveyor, it was like a two day trip for the surveyor to get to the boat. But, wow. uh, but, uh, you know, in that case, I, I didn't fly out there because the, the, it was, it was a smaller, smaller boat, but I helped, I helped from afar to select the survey and schedule everything. Um, and actually the, uh, the buyer and the seller weren't there either, which was interesting. Um, uh, one of my, more interesting recent ones was doing a, a purchase, uh, helping a buyer purchase a boat um, down in BVI during early COVID lockdown. Um, the the buyer was in New Hampshire, I was in Rhode Island, and the boat was in Sir Francis Drake Channel down in BVI's, and uh, we did a full survey, sea trial, all all via Zoom, which uh, wasn't ideal, but but given the times, uh, we you know it, it worked. Yeah. 
Um, so, but typically, I'd travel to the survey. So I, I'm um, flying down to Key West uh, this week for a survey on, as you know, 41 um, down there. And uh, um, and and I was, yeah, it, it, we'll we'll travel to where the boat is. Yeah. Yes. So the point being is that uh, geography is really not a limitation. So if, yeah. if, if yeah. you find a buyer's broker that you like, you connect with really well, they have the right accreditations, they can help you purchase a boat fundamentally anywhere in the world. Yes. Yeah. If you're if you're looking for a broker as a seller, you need a broker that's local because the, the broker has to be close to the boat to be able to show it and yes. get clients on board and 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 really properly, you know, pres, you know, respect, you know, uh, present the boat. Um, but from a buyer's side, you know, we'll go anywhere. Um, yeah. You know, we we closed on boats in um, St. Martin this year uh, in Texas. Uh, we, I surveyed that boat in Washington um, and we usually do more. But with with COVID, it's, it's yeah. a little bit of a different year. But um, but, yeah, no, we're, we're always we're always traveling. Well, very good. So one more question and then we'll wrap this up. We've been we've been at it for uh, uh, 30 minutes or so. Uh what are some of the mistakes that buyers make or what tips can you give buyers, you know, that you see, you, you see them make? Uh, one would be if, if you are, um, and this is more for, you know, if you are going to have a buyer's broker, I would, you know, just recommend that if you do find a boat online and it's very easy to click that little, you know, contact button to ask a question, just make sure that, you know, once you've started that conversation, that relationship with the listing broker, it gets a little bit more difficult for a buy, your buyer's agent to be involved. So I would, I would recommend that you have your broker contact the listing broker um, first. And and if not, and if it's just a quick question, and you know you know you want to ask it, just make sure that you just you 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 know you introduce your broker right up front. That hey, you know I have a buyer's agent, um, but I just have this quick question yes. or wondering if I could see the boat this weekend type of thing. Yes. Very good. Um, any other, any others? One. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's so many. There's so <laughs> many. So I, I, I can't think of them all, but, uh, but you know, and that's, that's my job as a broker is to really just try to help and guide people yeah. through the process. Um, because there are, there's always a lot of mistakes, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of a particular one. Okay. Um, off the well, top of my head. Well, great, Ryan. Uh, you've been a wonderful guest. I really enjoyed uh, the assistance that you gave us in, in buying our boat. You were very helpful, so I, I thought it merited having you on the podcast. And uh, I hope uh, we can do a future episode at some point in time about the selling process and sort of talking about if I want to sell a boat, uh, you know, talk through the same types of things. But uh, again, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, looking forward to seeing you on the water this summer. Yes. Yes. We have to have a rendezvous there in Newport. That'd be great. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Bye.